You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. everyone and welcome to the debut episode of our Be Strong, Be Positive podcast right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPide, delighted to be your host as always, delighted to be doing this show. Really pleased to welcome Jen McMillan, guest this week. It's a pleasure to welcome you on Jen, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. How are you alright? Yeah, I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well, yeah, it's been crazy times, isn't it? I can imagine, yep, that is strange times. What's, what are you kind of been doing lately? Like how, how have you been keeping busy? I've just been totally focusing on uni and I've been going out walks and running and doing home workouts and that's about it really. Same day, every day. Yeah, definitely. We'll make a wee start. I just want to say at the start of the show that this is a, this is a podcast we've, really, we've been really, really keen to do. It's my subject means a great deal to me and I know it means a great deal to Jen as well. It's important to me and... I know it will be for Jen as well to be as, try and be as respectful as possible regarding this subject. So it might be a bit, we might be a bit nervous to start off, but I imagine in future weeks we'll, we'll get it going. But first of all, I just want to ask you, Jen, just what's, how you kind of been during coronavirus? Like what's, have you kind of been kind of feeling, how you've been kind of feeling regarding it all? Um, at the very start, I have to say I struggled a lot. Um, my anxiety triggers with a change of routine and so obviously as soon as we went into lockdown I lost my routine completely. Yeah. I was still at uni when uh, we went into lockdown and so I kind of had that as a focus but when I finished for the semester I had no idea what to do with myself. I was like oh my god I've got all this time to fill during the day so I was like very overwhelmed. Um, I ended up starting my own little business called Perfect Pooch and yeah. what I did was I made dog accessories and face masks and that lasted the whole of summer and then I went to work at Tara, which is where I work seasonally yeah. so that was fine and then I went back to uni so I was kept busy um, for a little while and then obviously restrictions started to lift and stuff like that so things got better and then when we got put into the lockdown what was it boxing day yeah um i surprisingly was actually okay until maybe just after new year and i was like oh my god what's happening now like you've been looking forward to christmas and new year mm-hmm. and then once that's passed it's like you're in some sort of limbo mm-hmm. so i was like very overwhelmed didn't know what to do with myself just struggled to be honest yeah obviously you started the, the vlogging as well I just want to say like you obviously you've done a video a couple of weeks ago talking about your own kind of experiences I just want to say but like mm-hmm. massive kind of respect for you for doing that it was brilliant to watch really really enjoyed it really interesting but just if you don't mind as well just talk to us a wee bit about what you were kind of what kind of why you kind of decided it was the right time to to do something like that like to kind of reveal how you were feeling yeah so I it's something I've been backwards and forwards about for a while about doing that video um I think I started thinking about doing it in October time and I just kept talking myself out of it I was like I can't do it I can't do it mm-hmm. can't talk about it because obviously it's really difficult for me to relive that whole experience while discussing it um and then I thought it got to January time and I thought now's the time to do it everyone's struggling again it might help 
people to have someone to relate to, especially someone local. So that's what I did. I was like, right, I'm going to sit, sit down and just go for it. And that's what I did. And I revealed every single detail, stuff that I hadn't even told some of my friends. Yeah. And I was like, if I'm doing this, I'm doing it right. So that's what I did. Yeah. We went to the same school together as well. Like, what was, your, what were you, what was things like for you at school? Like, you, like, I'll get into detail about my experiences at school, but what was the experience like for you at school? So to start off with, um, so I came, I come from Coyleton and Taylor mm-hmm. Academy isn't Coyleton's catchment school. So there was only a few of us that came from Coyleton, but all of my friends went to Air Academy. So yeah. for what, an 11 year old child, that's really daunting, big mm-hmm. change. No, definitely. And that's what triggered my anxiety. So for me, I remember I used to go into school every single day and just cry, cry every single day because I didn't want to be there. I felt horrendous. And it was just a very overwhelming experience. And obviously, you know what kids are like? Kids are cool. So if you're a wee bit different, they're not going to want to hang about with you. They want to be the cool kids. So that made it difficult for me to kind of make friends and gel with a lot of people. Um, and then a couple of years in, I got some counselling. I started to feel better. I was a bit more confident. I got to know people more. And I made a good group of friends. And then for the rest of school, I was absolutely fine. I was felt normal, as normal as what you could explain um basically felt myself and yeah that was about it really yeah as you say school school was quite daunting i know myself i'm the first admit i didn't deal with school very well at all like i was just mm-hmm. what's the phrase just I've, I've, so somebody used to say to me right and it was quite random you don't seem as if you like people and i don't think it was ever to do with that i just think i didn't school just wasn't my environment see if Mm. now like see like after school see how much different I've been able to like deal with people like the way they like you know what it's like you know kids you'll you'll say kind of mean things and things things to each other and things like that and I didn't call yeah. it on the slightest I'm the first to admit that but it is daunting school school is daunting mm-hmm. and absolutely they tell you as well that school your education comes first but see if you're not getting on well in the playground and not getting on well after school time it it's oh, of course it has an effect it's just a, it's it's a mm-hmm. weird weird place and it's just it's a different it's a different environment can i did you have a plan for what, what happened when like when you left school like what you were going to go and do yeah so i actually knew from when i was in primary seven that i wanted to go into fashion which is so strange right. for a kid that young knowing exactly what they want to do so that was more or less my focus the whole of school and um I decided in fifth year that I wanted to go to Harriet Watt and Gala Shields, which is a textile school. Yeah. So I, that was my focus, do well in exams, get a good portfolio. So I did that. I got in. I went there. And as I said before, change is what triggers my anxiety. So mm-hmm. I was like, right, this is going to happen. Prepare yourself. You're probably not going to feel great. And I surprised myself. I went down there. I moved in was fine until Christmas and then that's when your timetable changes for the next semester and I ended up being in longer I ended up being in from Monday to Friday whereas before I was in Monday to Wednesday and that totally totally triggered a massive anxious breakdown for myself Mm -hmm. and I really was not coping I was home every single weekend I was crying on a Sunday not wanting to go back up my mum was going to come up and stay with me um, I just I was like I can't do this but I finished I finished the semester and then I ended up just dropping out I was like nah I can't be there for another three years 
And what was see when you you kind of dropped out? Like what was going through your mind at that point? Like did you just was it just constant worry about what was next? Yeah. So I was like, I obviously this is what I've been working towards for years. So this I didn't have a plan B. This mm-hmm. was my only plan. And I thought, what am I actually going to do? And I'd looked into transferring to Glasgow Caledonian, which is where I am now, but they didn't do transfers. You had to start from square one again. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God. So I was working in the local pub at the time and I was doing that every Thursday and Saturday night, I think it was. But other than that, I was just at home doing nothing. And obviously, as I'm sure you'll know yourself, sitting doing nothing is not good for anyone. Definitely. Um, and that totally had an effect. But I was getting counselling again um, through the NHS this time, which was great. The woman was fantastic. And I decided around Christmas time that I was going to apply for a short course at the college. They did a fashion design kind of mm-hmm. access course. So I did that. And that is the best thing I have done ever because it provided me with so many skills that I hadn't had before. And I learned to sew, I learned to pattern cut, I learned like CAD. And all of those skills set me up to then apply for the course I'm in just now which is fashion design and business at Glasgow Caledonian. Brilliant and obviously we'll touch on like school like I just I will go back to school for you but what was your kind of favourite subjects I know you spoke about in the video about some subjects kind of made you feel really really bad when you, mm-hmm. were, you were going forward. So I'm a sporty person mm-hmm. however when it came to PE I used to have a panic attack before PE because they always would be like the teacher would be like all right get into groups and nobody would want to be in my group so for me I was like oh no like I can't do this so that was that was embarrassing for me I used to feel embarrassed when they'd be like get into groups and everyone would avoid me um I weirdly enough I hated maths but my teacher always made me feel so supported I I remember I had that first period on a Monday morning the first year and I would go in and I'd be like right I've got maths and calm down and I can focus on the work because there was no group work. You had to work silently. So that was good. Um, I loved art, obviously. And I think that's the only subjects that I can really remember that stand out to me. Yeah, I had a wee hanging as well when I was at we were in PE. I, I like PE because obviously football, I, I was into it. Mm-hmm. Like but we were doing rugby one, one day. And mm-hmm. somebody had said to me at the start, and they were probably joking, right? And I was, they said, mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to go for you in the scrum and we're going to go for you in the rugby, the game of rugby and all that. And I, I refused to play rugby for the rest of the time I was at school. Because oh, of that. No. I know, but that was just me. Like, I was just like, I can't, I, I don't like, because like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, ter- I'm not terrified of getting touched, but I don't like it. I don't like getting like, mm-hmm. somebody going for me or anything like that. And that always stuck mm-hmm. with me. Like now looking back, you do feel a bit, kind of silly about it. But at the time I remember thinking like, yeah. I felt horrible about See, that. But. Me and my friends were discussing this the other day. We were talking, we were looking back at old messages. Like, you know how you sometimes scroll back yeah. to your first year and you look at the silly messages to send. So we, we were sitting doing this and we were so mean to mm-hmm. each other. But it's we were like, why were we like that? But it's because when you're that age, school is your whole life. You don't yeah. see the bigger picture. But as you get older, you mature and you've got other things going on. So you start to realise, okay, that wasn't really that big of a deal. Like, that's not very nice. Like, it's things like that it's just it's hilarious to think about how I don't know like how school is everything when you're yeah. younger like you've got to be the best you've got to be the most popular and when really it does not matter and that's what it was about like as well like when you say it's mm-hmm. interesting to say that you like 
you thought a lot about what other people thought of you. And it's oh, so yeah. weird now, like thinking back, like you didn't I now looking back, like you shouldn't have cared. Like nobody like should it's mm-hmm. think of like how you how you feel yourself. I you were more I was more worried anyway about what other people thought of me. Mm-hmm. And me it's too. but it's just it's school as well, like it's it's interesting you touch on that. Like I used to love music. Mm. But if I told people at the time I liked music, you weren't getting the best reception. Yeah, and it's I had a stigma about it, didn't yeah. it? And it wasn't like I'm. I don't know if you remember it as well. I used to like get asked to like, you've got a really good singing voice. Can you sing in the school concerts? And I was like, nah, don't really want to. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I done it and loved doing it, and it's something I would love to go back and do one day, like something like that. But at the time, I remember not. Be, it wasn't the the best conversation topic. Mm-hmm. It was, but. Again, that's your days at school as well. Like, there's, I know you're quite interested to, interested to touch on. Like, we had after school. Like, did you did you kind of keep close with your group of friends for school when you left? Yeah, I'm still really good friends with some of them now, and um, that's who my group is. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the ones I'm friends with now are probably the ones I'm going to be friends with for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. Like, we just, although I'm polar opposite to some of them, we just have a good understanding of what each other like and what each other don't like, and we just get on really, really well. And it's great, and they are so supportive with obviously my anxiety. And like for example, I don't particularly enjoy nights out. I've got to be really in the mood for one yeah, because I'm the drink same. can make me anxious. So mm-hmm. I would quite often make excuses about not going. I'd be like, "Oh, I'm working," or "I've got plans." But eventually, I came clean to them, and they are totally fine about it. They understand, but they'll still invite me every single time and they'll encourage me to try and come to Prees just to see them. And they're so lovely about it, which is great, I think, because it makes me feel so much more comfortable mm-hmm. rather than having to lie to them about having other plans just because I didn't want to go. Yeah. And obviously leaving school as well, for me, it was a, it was one of the kind of worst times as well, like obviously losing my mum right at the, the stage yeah. I just left school. So like going through that, like at the time, School was the last thing in my mind. And it's weird because it was just at the time of the six, six year exams and things like that. And I was, I was kind of thinking, I remember a couple of days after it happened, I'd looked and it was a music exam like the next day. And maybe me thinking, I need to go and do that. Mm-hmm. And you're not in the right frame of mind. And I remember folk Absolutely saying not. to me, I remember folk saying to me, why are you here? I was like, because I'm sitting in the house losing my mind. And mm-hmm. that's how I felt. I and like I dealt with that probably the wrong way and it's probably the reason I probably didn't leave school and not that that's not the reason I left school with I didn't try much in sixth year were you what were you like in sixth year did you were you pushing for that try hard yeah I was the complete opposite I was that person I just do you know I was a person that would cry if they got a B do you know that way like everyone's like but you did so well and I'm like not good enough do you know that way and I remember I did advanced higher art and um I was like, I need to do wellness, and I got a C, and I was absolutely <laughs> devastated. Never had a C in my life, and I was like, this is the end of the world, but it really wasn't. But do you know that way? It's just, yeah. oh, I was raging. I mean, I mean, I was in, I started sixth year, and I was kind of thinking, right, I've get, I think I was doing three hires or something. I was like, if I do, if I get these three hires, I can probably go. Uni wasn't the big thing for, yeah, I wasn't kind of mm-hmm. focused on. Yeah, I probably could have gotten if I'd really tried. I could have probably done it, but. Again, school, when I, can I gave up every school kind of six year, I just get kind of scunnered with it and just, 
probably the way mm-hmm. like things that I, I had a lot of anxiety I remember one day there was something I remember I mean I used to I used to be probably not helping myself sometimes I wouldn't help myself and would open my mouth and I probably should have kept it closed and start mm. not start maybe not start fights but certainly not stop them and a couple of times I, I did get into these situations but I remember one day just locked myself in the toilet and, and mm. for like a full hour just to get away from that situation and it was, that was horrible it was it was looking back yeah. it was a horrendous time but I think it's a shame that schools don't have somewhere for people to go just to yeah remove themselves from a situation like you've you've got to be with everyone what was in the lunch hall or outside but there's not any sort of room just to go and take 10 minutes do you know that way and I feel like that would actually be really really beneficial for a lot of kids especially when sitting exams like I know myself after I think it was a maths prelim higher maths prelim terrible at maths and I <laughs> it's hard isn't it uh, and I, I struggled and it actually oh god don't, <laughs> that That's takes that me end. back yeah horrible I know and I remember I did terrible and I cried through the whole thing right. and then vigilator came up and literally didn't even place the box of tissues on my table chucked it down in front of me so it brought everyone attention to me Uh, and I was like freaking out I was embarrassed I had a panic attack and then after it somebody was like to me oh it's only a mass people I'm like because they were so chilled out but to me that was massive and I freaked out and I I remember I went like that right here (laughs) like through it and I was like oh my god but do you know situations like that that is where people need 10 minutes to go and mm. calm down and gather their thoughts but I didn't have that so I've reacted badly and it's made me look like the idiot do you know that way yeah they were so daunting the, the exams I remember going into the exams mm. and you were absolutely terrified of, like I know even a wee noise I remember somebody's phone went off sitting next to me and I could just stop laughing <laughs> oh, but no. I got the biggest stare in the world uh, because I'd started laughing and so it looked, made you look guilty made me look guilty but I just it was it was it was hilarious but the problem with them as well is you were off for you were off at the time for seven weeks like you would have exams mm. and you wouldn't be there for seven weeks and you'd be exactly you'd be getting it that's probably the wrong attitude probably why I didn't do well didn't do too well at school my last year but you were you were in the attitude of right I'm going to just sit up all night and do nothing play xbox and, um. and chill and you were, you probably should I probably should have been studying but Again, you get into the exams and it was just a completely different ball game. I felt anyway. Mm. But see, obviously, when you you left school and kind of moving on, like, did you was your family really supportive of you with, with what you were dealing with? Like, did you make it open to them kind of straight away how you were feeling? So my mum and dad knew I'd been struggling since I started school because obviously, as a child, I didn't know what was going on with myself. So mm. I would tell them, I don't feel good. Why do I feel like this? And they're the other one, they put me through private counselling to begin with, so right, okay. they were really supportive. Mm-hmm. So I'd actually just gotten into the habit of talking to my mum and telling her every single time I didn't feel good, which helped me and her build a really great relationship. And I was really lucky with that, that I could just go and talk to her whenever. So as soon as I started to not feel good with uni, I told them straight away. I was like, I can't lie to them. I have to tell them, um, especially because I was so unhappy. And they knew, they, they could see in me that I wasn't enjoying it and how yeah. stressed and overwhelmed I was so I remember having the conversation with him like I don't think I can go back it was actually it was Isaac who spoke to my mum first and was right, like okay. look I don't think she's coping to it because I was scared I didn't want to disappoint them mm-hmm. because they were paying for all uni and accommodation and everything and they were like look if you're not enjoying it 
don't go back. There's no point because you don't want to get halfway through a year and then have to drop out and then you're stuck. So it was a lot to think about, but they supported me completely with my decision, which was great. And were you worried about like the pressure of, of that, like making that kind of decision, like if they would think if kind of people would think it the wrong way and were you worried mm-hmm. about that? Absolutely. I there's actually a bit of a stigma about dropping out of uni as well, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember I dropped out and honestly I think about half of my year group that year dropped out of uni or changed courses or whatever and it's so much more common than people think um and I just I thought I felt like the family disappointment do you know that way I was like see because I'd grown up being like I have to be the best I have to do the best for me that was a massive thing and I was like I'm the only person my family that's dropped out of uni but it's it it doesn't it's not a bad thing it just means that I could make better decisions now that I've chosen a course that I actually like. And what were your what were your favourite kind of favourite kind of memories? Let's see, when you were obviously you done the vlogging as well. I just want to touch on that quickly. Like, what were your favourite? See, like going the trips and kind of documenting them. Was there some of the them that stood out like just brilliant times? What the holidays? Yeah, mm-hmm. they, was it was going on holiday like a relief for you just to get away for the for kind of situations here? Absolutely, mm-hmm. I love going on holiday it's something that I've grown up doing with my family every single summer Um, took it hard last year mm-hmm. when we couldn't get away obviously and then um, I've started exploring like so normally me and my family would go on like a kind of beach holiday mm-hmm. and then when I started going out with Isaac we started going to city breaks and I found mm-hmm. a love for going around cities and seeing yeah. different places so that's kind of our thing that we do Um, we went to Rome we've been to Prague been to Sky up north, which mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah. Um, meant to go there this month, but obviously that's been cancelled. Yeah. Um, so I feel the other morning I actually woke up and was like, I am craving that way where I'm going down to the pool, getting ready to go down to the pool and chill out all day. And I think a lot of people will feel the same that they need a holiday more for the mental break from yeah. the same four walls every single day. Yeah, I mean, we were on holiday when this all kind of started and we get sent home early, but I just remember thinking when we were away how relaxing it was just to get away because mm-hmm. work was horrible, there was some things going on kind of outside work and things like that, and it was just seeing away mm-hmm. and just getting it, like putting your phone away for an hour, it was just it was such oh, a, a massive really? relief and again, that will, we can look forward to that. But we did actually get, we, we opened the floor to some questions. I know you got, a, did you get a couple of questions as well about uh, yeah, I got one. Are you good to ask it? Or? Let me just get it up. So I got asked, what's your best coping mechanisms? So that's actually my next YouTube video, which is going up tomorrow. Um, so I filmed an anxiety tips. I kind of grouped it into three sections. So there's like ones you can do anywhere ones that you kind of need to be at home for and then ones that you can more or less spend your whole day doing so the ones that I use personally I use breathing techniques which I know loads of people say take a deep breath and everyone's like oh. but it, it actually it actually works if you focus on it um I I don't know if this is maybe a good thing but I try and keep myself as busy as possible see if I know I'm having a bad day I'll jam-pack my day with yeah, things to do I'm, so I'm exactly yeah because it stops your mind from yeah. going, do you mm-hmm. know, that way. Definitely. Um, so that's what I would do, or exercise or a big walk. 
that's my best tips to be honest. How much are you enjoying like walking and running lately? Like I know it's been a mass I'm mm. not been running at all. I've known the position to do that yet. But walking, see just getting out a walk and getting away from being in the like, obviously mm. being in the house and I've probably been as busy as I've ever been, but see just getting <laughs> out a walk for a couple of hours just to get a mm-hmm. a clear head, it's actually such a such an ease in your mind. How do you feel about it? I feel the exact same. I think I've stopped taking my phone out with me. Um, I am. That's, I'm doing such that. Good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? And I think like you don't realise how good the walk is for you mentally until you get back from the walk and you're yeah. like, oh, I feel so much more relaxed now. Like that was actually good. Um, me and Isaac usually go out a walk maybe just about every single day. Mm-hmm. Um we go a 5k so it takes about an hour and we take the dog which is good and then I started running I think in summer then I stopped because the weather got terrible and then I thought I'm just gonna start this again and you're just getting like your heart rate up mm-hmm. it, it's so good and it's the feeling afterwards when you've completed it on your knackered but you feel good yeah see just before we go any further who was responsible for the the video with the dog at Christmas with the was it the light bulb was that a light bulb that was a well, <laughs> the Rudolph, yeah, the Rudolph good. costume. Aye. Um, that was Isaac. And that was brilliant. not me. I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shame. He was raging at us. It was funny. Is he like getting a dog as well? Like, I've no something I can ever do. I, I'm not a massive fan of dogs, which would probably be a surprise to a lot of people. But I don't know why. I oh just never God. have, never have been. But see, what like having a dog, how what much a relief is that as well? It is so good. It, do you know? Having Gus gives you a purpose. Mm-hmm. Can I get up every morning? And it, it forces you to go out and walk. You can't not take him out because, I mean, he's a big dog. He needs exercise. Yeah. So that's good. And he just he's the neediest dog ever, but he just loves to cuddle you. So we'll wake up in the morning, and as soon as he hears you moving about, he's up on the bed, and he's planted in between us, cuddling into us, and he, he's just he's hilarious. And do you know that way? He just he totally lifts your mood without even, like, I'm having to try do you know that way just mm-hmm. seeing him and he's so excited to see you it's really good it's really lucky and obviously as well as that well yeah i know you were interested to, interested to talk about uh gambling just touch on that a wee bit i know you were keen to talk about that so me and isaac have been talking about this a lot recently um he he's not a stranger to the gambling world and we think that well i've personally seen on twitter quite a lot recently some some young boys who have came forward about having a gambling addiction and how much they've struggled. And I feel like with the current lockdown just now, that I mean, I can't I can't say a lot about it because I don't have a lot of experience, yeah. but I think with boredom and maybe stress or just like stress from working from home, that people maybe more like turn to gambling, especially when there's nothing else to do apart from watch your football. So they think, oh, yeah. we'll just a wee bet on here and there. And I think that it can be very consuming for people without them even realising. And because of that, it can take quite a bad effect on their mental health and it's something they can kind of get sucked into. But I think that like it's important to encourage people to speak up if they feel they are going down that hole. And I think that more people will be able to relate to them than they think, especially if you just talk to your friends, say, look, I'm not feeling great. This is the kind of situation I'm in. They'll probably be able to relate to you, and it's not it's not anything to be ashamed of. Yeah, I don't think. Definitely. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Uh, it's, inter- it's, it's an interesting subject because, in a way, I'm no stranger to it myself. I've never ever said I've, mm-hmm. I've got a gambling addiction, but I do I do like a bet, I'm not going to lie. But I've never, I've always got to the stage where the, the famous phrase I've always been told is only gamble what you can afford to lose. And it's, mm-hmm. it's always stuck with me, that it's phrase, true. because I would never ever put myself in a serious situation over that I do like mm-hmm. doing it and I know I'm sometimes like obviously we do the show the kind of horse racing show where we're basically giving bets to people mm-hmm. and at times yeah you do feel as if you're leading people down a path but again it's like it's it's, it's, an, it's a difficult situation for me because I know that there's a few of my I know a few of my friends who have been in serious trouble with, with gambling and mm-hmm. I've always been kind of watching them I've I mean I've watched a couple of them like not be able to stop about mm-hmm. it and it's been like it's been horrible it was it, it was a real eye opener like I always used to think I could never ever watch like I could never ever watch a game of football without putting a bet on see mm-hmm. like, I, I can't remember last time honestly I've sat and watched a game of football and had a bet on because it's not it's not the end of the world yet it's, yeah but the worst thing you can do is chase it like that's what I mm-hmm. think exactly. like I know a lot of people who have maybe lost a hundred pound in a roulette machine or something like that and they've tried so hard to get it back and they just lose more and it just mm-hmm. you can see it having an effect on them but I think now I think the kind of governments and bookmakers and people like that etc they are doing a lot more to kind of mm-hmm. realize it as a serious serious problem and they are they are maybe not doing it well yet but they are trying their best I think to get because it's a serious situation like it is I mean People lose their families over it. I've seen people. I've seen friends of mine losing their fam, losing their families. Friends of mine losing their houses and things like that. It's, it's mm-hmm. a horrible situation. And at times, I do, I do feel like I should be doing more about it from mm-hmm. a like a friend perspective. And kind of on here, obviously, I've started doing the the show about horse racing and things like that, and love doing it. But it's mainly people who think it's a show where we'll get bets out. It's a show where we talk about a, a hobby mainly mm-hmm. where we do that as a kind of wee side thing and we don't always we always put the wee logo as well like be gamble aware it's a website where you can if you're in that if you're feeling struggling about gambling you can go on that website and they will kind of explain the way to do it and it's it's a very tough situation for for me because I know a few people who've been badly affected by it and I've promised I've always promised myself I would never ever get into a serious situation with that do like do like having a bet from time to time but again it's it's the sort of thing you that you only gamble what you afford to lose. I've always said that. I feel like it's still such a taboo subject, though. Like, yeah. I feel there's obviously the stigma around men's mental health and men not wanting to talk to each other, but I do think recently that that's became, like, less stigmatised. Like, men are more likely to open up. And I know that Isaac has concerns over, like, the wider impact that gambling has just now during lockdown. Like, yeah, it's interesting, obviously, yeah people turning to it um, just now out of boredom, like I've said, but I, I think that, I don't know if you've seen, but there's been some boys making like Twitter accounts to message, message other boys to like, look, are you okay? We're just checking in on you yeah. as like an anonymous thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's actually great um, mm-hmm. because I feel unless, I obviously can't talk for men because I'm a female, but <laughs> I, unless you're asked, I feel like you're less likely to open up. Ah, yeah, I don't I've know. Felt that, if... I felt that myself. Yeah, I felt like mm-hmm. 
was an interesting because a couple of questions about kind of men's mental health and it's interesting I'm keen to get your thoughts on that as well but I, I know I've got a kind of view, view myself but see with the gambling as well I know a lot of people have touched on this with me every time they watch a game of football every advert is about gambling and that's true it's yeah I, know, I, I get the I get the reason why they do it but people are tempted by it and it's not mm-hmm. it's not great I've, I've always said that it's you do it the, I mean putting a wee, putting a a gamble away, a logo. I know we do it, but it's not. It's it's not enough. Like there, there should be more. Mm-hmm. And it's it's real. It's a really, really. It's a real mm-hmm. subject that needs talked about more. And it's. I mean, I know there was a, a guy on the telly the other day, and it was interesting because he was on talking about the, the race, and he talked about it. It stole. I think he stole some twenty five thousand from his dad or something. Oh took, it, took it to Cheltenham, lost it that day and didn't go home for something like three weeks or something because of it. Oh, my god! And you're just thinking, like, you're just th- thinking, like, how how does that go through your mind that that's a good idea? And it's it's not probably not the oh. best thing to say, but surely, like, common sense prevails in that regard. And, like, mm-hmm. it's, it was just a horrible, horrible story, and God bless the guys recovering now, and I think he has said, like, this, he just thinks at that time is just the worst time of his life and it's it's really really interesting I mean I, it's really really kind of powerful to hear people have the with the experiences tell their story because it's at like three years after it happened or something he said it was I had to talk about it because it was it was eating me up and it was eating him up in his mind it was it was really really powerful to hear him talk about it I think that it's also the social aspect of gambling as well. Like, I know Isaac will go on PlayStation three o'clock on a Saturday to talk about the scores, and they'll watch it together and they'll discuss. And there's like, oh, I've got this bet on, what have yeah. you got on? And it's if you don't have a bet on, it's almost like you're excluded from that. And mm-hmm. I feel like I know, like a lot of groups of boys, that's that's what they look forward to is like yeah. discussing each other or totally like ripping the pressure each other for a silly bet. And I think it's a shame that if for example, you know you have an addiction and you don't want to miss out on that, but at the same time, it's having such a detrimental effect on your mental health. It's such a tough yeah. decision to make because you don't want to speak to your friends about it because you feel like that's the little group that you've got going on, but then you don't want to keep going because it's, it's like you said, it's eating you up. So I think there definitely needs to be something that's more accessible. For like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but Mm-hmm. I know what I'm trying to say do you know that way yeah, like yeah. I just think it's so so difficult mm-hmm. for people to speak up but I think that obviously the more people that speak up the easier it'll be for others as yeah, well definitely I remember a, a story as well getting into getting into the bookies near my old house and it was it was really really weird I went in to put a bet on and there was about six or seven of my pals in the bookies in separate places and it was the first I'd seen them for about three or four months and I just thought that just shows that we're all we're all kind of the same thing and it was it was probably a bad it was a probably was a terrible probably a terrible thing looking back thinking that's the only place where you mean you were I know looking back I know a lot of my pals me myself included I'm not going to lie would look forward to a Saturday at three more than anything else in the, the week and because now there's nothing else to look forward to yeah do you know that yeah, way mm-hmm, definitely and you wouldn't be you wouldn't be feeling yourself if you didn't have a bet on. But now, kind of looking back, I think I've kind of realised that it's not the be all and end all as far as I'm concerned. And I've exactly tried my very best, and 
to only only do it when I when I want to and when I feel mad. I, I don't put. I, I know a lot of people I know put real big stakes on. I've never ever been one for that. But yeah, it's good having an interest in like. But again, it's money. Money can be more important. Money can go to a lot of other things more important than mm-hmm. than that. But it's a really interesting subject, and it's a, it's one I'm really pleased mm-hmm. you brought up because it does need to be talked about. We've got a couple of questions here, and I've got a couple for yourself, Jen, from Angela Rowe. She's saying, what would Jen say is the best way to support someone who's struggling with their mental health during these times? I would say try, I know it's difficult, but try and be as active as possible. Yeah. Try and get outside, try and get a nice wee walk and connect with nature, even, even if it's pouring. Just try and get outside for 20 minutes. Keep busy. There's loads of YouTube videos on little workouts you can do. Um, or you spend time with family if you yeah. can. I know I know my family, we are we all sat in separate rooms at night because we all want to watch something different. But yeah. see, even once a week, try and plan something where you can all sit and watch something together and discuss it. And I think, although if you're feeling terrible, and it's the last thing you want to do is you want you want to sit on your own. You don't want to sit with anyone. If you force yourself, force yourself, I can guarantee that you will feel so much better after that. Yeah, M- myself and my partner we went through something really horrible during the, the summer, and it was it was interesting because usually in that those kind of situations, I would be the, the first person to kind of block myself away. But see, mm-hmm. having been able to just spend time with, with Laura was just amazing. Like see, just get like, it got us through a terrible time, just spending mm-hmm. a bit of time with each other, and it's. It's brought us a lot closer. But see if we didn't spend that time with each other and like you can drift apart from people just by bottling up. And it was int- it was I felt so much better being honest about it mm-hmm. and getting it off, getting it out. Because the worst it was interesting. I want to get your thoughts on this as well before we move on to the question. You mentioned on your, your video about intrusive thoughts, and I think it is one of the most interesting things to talk about because it is such an important thing. Like there's how many times will you will you bottle things up in your mind and it will stay there and it will just it will make your mind just do somersaults as I say it will just it will just make Absolutely. you make you feel worse. Do you do you can I go along with that? Like what's your kind of thoughts on that? So I go through phases where I'll bottle up and phases where I'm like spitting everything out. Mm-hmm. Um I know I know deep down that if I don't talk about it straight away as soon as it comes into my head that it'll snowball. Yeah. And it'll just become a huge problem that I, I physically could not function. If I, so, for example, say I have a silly thought about something like, oh, I don't know, I can't even think of an example, right? But I'll, I'll sit and I'll worry about it and I'll stew over it and it'll become massive and it'll get to the point that I can't do anything. I will literally be paralysed mm-hmm. sitting worrying about this situation. And I always go by the saying that a problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah. So, me, myself and Isaac, he's told me that whenever I worry about something, tell him straight away. Yeah. And he will be like my kind of rational yeah, like brain. He will mm-hmm. tell me it straight. And that that's amazing. That helps me so, so much that he can be like, right, look, sit down, let's talk through this. And it helps me see it from a better perspective rather than being like totally shut inside this box, overwhelmed, definitely. you know, that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, Angela Rose asked another question. Is there anything Jen thinks could help young people in small communities, any individual or group support specifically? Um, 
I mean, I think it's pretty difficult just now with restrictions, but I feel maybe when things get a little bit easier in terms of restrictions, communi- communities could maybe set up, I don't know, like a walking group mm-hmm. where you could get paired off with somebody roughly of your same age or similar interest and you have a route and you could all walk together and then that way you're kind of, especially for people who are maybe a wee bit lonely or they're like an only child or for any age really and you've got that to look forward to and you're meeting new people and you're socialising without even having to force yourself do you know that way Mm -hmm. or even you could do a community quiz where everyone signs up and then there's a quiz and you join in do it on zoom and then that way that's keeping everyone together as well and giving something like people something to look forward to yeah i was probably a a couple of weeks after i went through a kind of tough time myself and my partner i went just been down to meet one of my my pals and I'd said to him I says I just want to get away just I just want to go away for a, a wee while and just get around he says well I'm going to a walking club come with me and I was like walking club what's that all about he says we just go a walk and it was just it was there was about three guys on it maybe over 75 right and they were the three night three of the nicest guys I've ever met but just the stories and see at the end of it mm-hmm. I forgot I forgot about what was bothering me See, just like mm-hmm. them telling stories to me and me kind of having a laugh with them. It was just, it was so calming and it, it made me, it, it genuinely, made, I like, at the time I was like thinking, what am I doing here? And then at the end of it, I was like, that was probably the best, one of the best things I could have done just to get away. And it was, Absolutely. Such, a, it was such a relief. Another couple of questions. How do you think young children have coped during the various lockdowns with regards to their sports, football, training, karate, gymnastics, etc.? How do I think they've coped? Yeah. I, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think with the stop well, start, I know. I think with the stop start, it'll have been tough for a lot of a lot of people, but I, it's, it's Absolutely. Hard. Yeah, I think it's hard for young children. I don't think, I think a lot of them, I know there's a couple I know that really don't have a, an idea just what's going on. And I just playing, say that. Yeah, I'll be playing a lot. Yeah. Like, it's, what do you kind of think as well? I think that it's difficult. For, I think young kids need a routine. Mm-hmm. And I think that when they don't have that, it can be very confusing for them. And I think like sports is, I think sports is so important for young kids to yeah. socialise and gain new skills and just keep them active. And I think if they don't have that as like when they're young, mm-hmm. so this massive break, they might totally lose interest. And when they can go back and think, oh, I can't be bothered, mum, yeah. don't want to do it. And then growing up they'll be like oh I don't need it like can't be bothered with that if they've had that they didn't have the break in it and it was continued they'd have been more likely to stick at it I mean I know my brother he's 16 and he loves his football Mm -hmm. but all the zoom stuff he's just like yeah I know like he's just he's not enjoying it as much it's not the same it's not the same going out and going to your training and having a laugh with the rest of the boys and do you know that way yeah I know, but I, you know, Isaac as well will probably feel the same as me. I know I've, we've spoken to a lot of people who have been affected with the, the football stopping from an adult's perspective, and they say that the money's not anything to them. It's getting out there and getting getting out playing what they doing what they love. That's what it is, yep. and that kind of struck me as well because you know, a lot of people hang off football just want to play football for a few quid in their pocket. It's to get out there. They, they love it. They've been doing it for... Mm-hmm. since they were young and it's, it was interesting a lot of people that's been on here have said that 
just how much it means to them just to get out and kick a ball and how much it clears their head for what's going on in their job, what's going on yeah. in their family. It's always kind of stuck with me after that. Another question, do you think social media plays a huge part in mental health? I think it's a, a massive taboo, but I'm keen to get your thoughts on that. Absolutely, it does play a massive part. Um, talking from experience myself, yeah, I, I know that if I'm having a bad day, I'll just pick up my phone and I'll scroll because I can't bother doing anything. And then I just make myself feel worse because I'll see things that I yeah. don't want to see. And it's, I, don't, I don't understand why it happens. But it, it just does. But where if you having a bad day and you take a break from your phone, it clears your head. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's to do with so for example, Twitter. You have so many different opinions floating about everywhere that it's just overwhelming. And then you I just I think it's a strange one. And I also think that Instagram, for example, plays a huge part mm-hmm. in mental health. It's showing you false realities. It's yeah. the highlights from people's lives and mm-hmm. it makes it look like that like so for example people are going they're dressing up for their walk and they're getting a picture and they're posting it because that's what they're enjoying doing however other people are seeing that and they're thinking that's how they're going to look every single day every single minute and it's like why do I not look like that Mm -hmm. do you know that way Mm -hmm. and it can really make you feel quite down about yourself I think I mean myself included by that I compare myself to absolutely every single person I see and my friends are like why are you doing this to yourself and I'm like can't help it yeah Social media for, for me is just, I know social media is a kind of very important part in what I'm trying to do, but sometimes you can look at it and just be like, why am I on here? It's, mm. I know it's, when you open, like, I know I've found it interesting lately, but we've obviously been doing subjects about people in the, like, people in the football world and things like that, and you ask the question, like, and some of the responses you get are absolutely, like, crazy, like, just tearing somebody to shreds and at times you are mm-hmm. sometimes you'll agree with it sometimes you'll think it's just way over the score but it shows you just how it can be a really really nasty place and it's Absolutely. sometimes it's sometimes it's a great like it's a great source to have and sometimes it can just be the worst place to be but another interesting question what advice would you give to someone in a male-dominated environment and how to be confident in sharing their stress what and worries with others about with others without worrying how they will be told to man up or feel that they are not being taken seriously. I know I've found that really difficult. I know that's mm-hmm. that's a really big thing as well. Have you kind of felt things like that as well, like for, for your perspective? For me personally, I think I've been so used to talking out since I was young mm-hmm. that I kind of don't really think twice about it. But I do know that for males it's a totally different ball game because there was this whole, like, the whole stigma about, oh, just man up, like, men don't yeah. die, like, but I do think now that if a male was to speak up, they would be taken so much more seriously because of all the kind of advertising and people speaking out, and I think that if you are not feeling so great and you do want to speak up, find someone that you trust mm-hmm. and just say, look, I'm not feeling so good. If you want to speak about it, say to them, look, I don't... I, we maybe talk I feel like I need someone to speak to and I think 90% of the time they will be absolutely open to talking to you they're not going to shut you down and I know it's hard to get over those worries but taking that step you'll feel so much better after knowing that you've got somebody to talk to yeah I know it was it was interesting for me because like I lost my mom in 2014 it wasn't until late 2018 when I finally admitted I really need to talk to somebody about this and it was that thought as well, like, 
if I go and say to somebody, I'm feeling this way, will I be told, ah, you're, you're a man? You know what I mean? Like, and I never ever, I, I, I kind of bottled it up for so long and eventually said to, I can't remember what, I think I just said it to one of my pals. I was like, listen, I don't feel, I don't feel good. I've not dealt with this the way I, the, the way that I sh- probably should have and it, would, it was it was well as that it was four and a half years after it happened and I thought to myself it's been it's been long enough it's been long enough mm-hmm. and people think oh what's like that happened so long ago why is he bringing it up now and that's what I was like I was like what's the point in bringing it up and making everybody else feel worse and eventually I just said to, said to myself I need to talk to somebody here because it's Bottling up inside is the worst thing to do, and eventually mm-hmm. speaking, see when you see when you have that, see when you tell somebody how you feel, it's the one of the best feels you can get because you feel as if this weight's been lifted from you. Would you would you call on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you've been worrying about something, say for example, four and a half years, as soon as you open up, just yes. the weight off uh, your shoulders, definitely. and knowing you've got somebody you can go to in future, like I know. Isaac is horrendous at talking about his feelings. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, still terrible at it, yeah. Yeah, and he, he'll admit that. He was saying, oh, I, I don't like talking, but mm-hmm. he's definitely got better since me and him have been going out because I, I encourage him. Like, I literally yeah. say, look, come on, you can talk to me. I was like, you don't have to tell me details. Just say to me, I'm not feeling so good today. Yeah. And then that way I know, and it makes me feel better that I know that he's not feeling so good and I can be more sensitive about it. Yeah, no, we just get a final question here about the... I've grew up in a football atmosphere all my life and I always feel the f- a football dressing room is the worst place to be. How do you think, why do you think that is? I just think it's like the last one. I just think it's like the, the last one as well. Like it's people, you're, if you're surrounded by men, like I used to be, when I was young, going into football dressing rooms, you would be like, it would be the, the cruelest place to be in at times. And if you, if you, if you, yeah, exactly, definitely. And if you'd come out and said, where I'm not feeling good in my about my my like my my mental health. It's horrible to say, but you probably get laughed at for it, and it's it's such a it's such a horrible thing to think about. Like the fact, mm-hmm. I mean, I know a, a couple of my pals have, have lost. Well, I know a, a couple of people have lost people lately due to situations like this where they've, they've felt that they can't talk to to somebody, and it's it's horrible looking at it from that perspective. That if they'd spoke up, oh. would it have changed? Do you know what I mean? It's it's just a strange, strange situation. Yeah. But again, it's one of those things. It's, it's how do you feel like how do you feel like kind of going forward about things like that? Like, would you think the, the next steps? In terms of football or in terms of just everything, like just everything we've covered, like what do you think the kind of next steps for for making it a more kind of subject that needs covered? I think obviously on a wider scope is the funding for the NHS like mm-hmm. see the waiting list for that is crazy yeah. I mean I I got marked as urgent when I went to the NHS so my, my waiting time was honestly only about three weeks which I was so so lucky for mm-hmm. um, but I know for others that it's, it's like over a year yeah. and that that's just it's not it's not good enough and it's it's not necessarily the doctor's fault it's the funding and there needs to be this all comes down to politics and the government and stuff. There needs to be that kind of funding. But I do think that, for example, smaller communities, they could maybe try and set something up that people from that mm-hmm. community have access to or 
for your example, your football teams, could they maybe have like a drop-in session if somebody's not feeling great, yeah. that they can go and talk to that person? Um, and then that way that they know, I know Isaac team, there's a few of the boys that are in a group chat and they all help each other out if mm-hmm. one of them's not feeling great, which I think is so, so good. Like they'll go, they'll go walks, they'll meet up with them, they'll have like a PlayStation night. And I think yeah. that's so good that they do that with each other. They all look out for each other and I think that's really great. But I know that there maybe still is the kind of the dressing room effect where uh, it's, it's, it's always a been slagging there. match. Yeah. Yeah. It's always so, been there. I mean, I'm not saying don't slag your pals because I know it's a good laugh and that can happen. But I think that you just need to be maybe more aware or check in just to make sure, like check in on your closest friend and the team and make sure they're okay. Definitely. But I just want to say as well, it's been absolutely brilliant to, to have you on the show for this episode. I've thor- thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you've found it enjoyable as well. Just to Yeah, I've really enjoyed brilliant. myself. Thanks. I, I just want to say as well, we've obviously I've wrote this down I, I, for the first episode. I just wanted to write this down. Like at SM Media, we're open to everyone and understand how hard it is to talk about how you're feeling. There's days I can there's days I can wake up feeling brilliant, there's days I can wake up feeling terrible. And you do it. I know it's probably the same for you those days, but you just don't want to get out of your bed, isn't it? It's I had one last week. Yeah, it's it's as well so, as the you know, as well as the situations we're in as well. There's no right or wrong way to feel to deal with how you're feeling and it's it's totally fair to, to feel down and it's so important. I'm sure I agree. It's now more than ever where we're we're kind of stuck in these bubbles, not constantly. It's mm-hmm. it's important to talk to to people outside and tell them and talk to them about how they're feeling and things like that. I know you'll be the same as me, kind of checking up on people often about how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. I think it's important to say that it's okay to feel, to have your days where you don't yeah. feel good. Like, don't beat yourself up. Like, why am I feeling like this? Because mm-hmm. I know I do that. Yeah. It's like, I've been feeling so good. Why am I having a bad day? It's normal. Mm-hmm. Your moods are going to go up and down, like, especially with lockdown. Everything's heightened just now. Your mm-hmm. happiness is way up here and then yeah. as soon as you have a, a slight blip you're just gonna go down like that and definitely it's, it's totally okay to experience loads of emotions yeah definitely and i just want to finish this last point anyone who wants to talk to either myself and i'm sure jen will be the same anybody that wants to talk 24 7 just please open up reach out dms are always open mm-hmm. it's been a Absolutely. real privilege to sit down with jen and talk about our our kind of thoughts and feelings of things that have happened in the past and I know it's it's good for me as well to get it out in the open because I'm not the best at talking and getting out in an open mm-hmm. platform I really really I'm kind of like that just as well as like as well as that it's like thanks very much indeed Jen for coming on it's been really really good to hear your story and how you've how you've kind of dealt with it it's been really kind of inspirational and I, I'm sure we'll all be be keeping out and keeping checking out the videos and things like that it's been really really enjoyable and just Thank thanks you. very much for coming on Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure. But thanks very much to everyone who's checked out the show. I really, really appreciate it. I'm sure Jen does as well. We'll be back with more episodes in the future, but I just want to say as well, like if you are ever anybody's in any need to talk, then please just reach out to us and we'll answer. We'll be there for you 24-7. But thanks very much, everyone, for, for listening and checking the show out. And please stay tuned. Cheers.